When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Coming to you live from Studio B. Our CHG offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. Uh, I, I could say the B stands for blowout. Maybe? Yeah. Bad. Bad? That's Bulbous. good. Uh, <laughs> bulls? Bears? No, bulls. We could, we could honor Mark Grody. Bears. Uh, coming to you live from uh, Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on X at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on X at CHGO underscore White Sox. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. Follow him on X. At Exterwall23, that's a C, not an X. Uh, we, got, we got relegated to the Studio B since the White Sox lost. There you go. 7-3. to three. It, it felt like 14 to nothing. Yeah. I mean, they scored three runs. When? When did they score three runs? In the inning where uh, Seiya Suzuki robbed a grand slam from Yohan Mankata. The fucking Cubs had more stolen bases than the Sox had runs. Yeah. I mean, five stolen bases on Grandal tonight. Uh, a season high for the Cubs. This is just going to be a brutal post-game show. And I appreciate Matthew Rick saying, I haven't watched a single Sox game this year, but I've been watching the CHGO White Sox post-game shows. Uh, Herb, we're going to deliver tonight, I think. I think I think this is going to be a good one. We got Vinny Duber joining us from Guaranteed Ray Field. We got a lot to talk about. We do. Pedro Grafol spoke, and uh, he took the blame for the uh, Finally. 2023 Somebody did. Uh, White Sox. Rick Hahn didn't. He didn't show up today. I think some people are mad. I don't care. Uh, but we'll get into that. Well, I care for accountability's sake because guaranteed if the record was reversed, Rick would have spoke today. Hey, hey now. Hey, I, 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 I don't disagree with that because then we'd be buyers and you talk about mm-hmm. the window. He would been like, oh, yeah. How about, yeah, y'all, what's going down? Y'all going to talk to me after the parade? Yeah, remember all you people trying to get me fired? Now what? He'll be like posting up in the in the clubhouse and the Taking dugout. pictures before for his Instagram. He'll be mm-hmm. like, you know, like posing, um, getting all fresh. He'd be and like, cool. he'd be like, where are the haters at? <laughs> but now, ghost. He'd be like Tommy Tommy Fam in the in the limo posting selfies. You see that shirt that man was wearing? He's thirty five years young. I didn't see that. Oh boy, he's a goofball. He's a goofball slapping people for fantasy football money. Uh, real quick before we get too far, the CHGO Crosstown Classic coverage is presented by Hooters. Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to our plate for our world famous wings, delicious seafood, stack sandwiches, salads, great drink specials, and more at Hooters. It's always easy to pick a winner. Herb has. 
11 Chicagoland uh, locations that he has gone to and yes. will rank uh, soon here on the uh, podcast. Uh, visit OriginalHooters.com for more info and it's Hooters 40th anniversary celebration. So we are very excited uh, for their 40th anniversary. We'll tell you a little bit more about Hooters uh, later on in the show. Um, all right. I, I don't care that Rick Hahn didn't speak today. Okay. You're right about the whole, you know, if the, the, the record was flipped, this would be a different scenario. Um, but... See, you're bringing up. The, I have ADHD. Now you're bringing up the summer sale. Okay, I was I'm just not, getting I mean, it ready. I was just my getting man, it ready. My man. Okay. Jesus. Oh, None of these people could see straight. this, and we could see, see it. See, I so, know, but yeah. I could. See Nobody it. knows what's going so, on now. I, but it's the only thing I can see. Yeah. Mercy. Look I that mean, way. I can, <laughs> I'm looking at the screen. I'm <laughs> tracking our folks that are in the chat. Make you sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Paper that you were looking exactly. for. Exactly. I got. I'm ADHD, man. I got. I've got all these. Things popping up in front of me. I have no idea where to look. Now I'm looking at Jose Sirian if he's going to hit a home run. Uh, all right. Um, see, now I forgot where I was going to go. Herb. You're about, we were talking about Rick Hahn. You don't care if he speaks today, if he spoke today. And if it were reverse, he would have. And then you were going somewhere. Yeah. But we can just <laughs> talk about this terrible game and Let's how this it. team is bad. I mean, it's just so terrible that... You know, they got embarrassed today. The score might not seem that bad, but that was the Cubs outclassed the White Sox today. They had the hitting. Kyle Hendricks was going like a perfect, perfect game through 15 hitters. Mm -hmm. Just bad. Like, I know Kyle is pretty tough and he's got a sub four ERA and he's been in the league for a reason. But to not attack that dude, to not actually get hits until like the fourth inning. Embarrassing, embarrassing effort. We saw lazy tags today by a lot of people. Tim, y- y- uh, Yasmani, not letting the ball travel to him and then tagging uh, Nico Horner because the throw was on, on the money and right on to him. Yeah, and used his hand to tag him, not yeah, the glove yeah, that he caught. Exactly. Ball. Put the ball in the glove and tag him with the glove, you would probably have a better result. Just a lot of fundamentally flawed things that this team does on a day-to-day basis. For the one thing that we complained about or I complained about in the pregame, Jake Berger going to second, man looked all right. Yeah, he looked fine. Yeah. I mean, didn't hit a homer. That's what we thought he was going to yeah. do. Uh, we, we both were wrong on no, that front. He, no errors, so he couldn't hit a home run. Right. Tim, um, Tim made an error, didn't hit a home run after it. No, he didn't. He still got zero. Uh, Co- Cody Cody said no one's counting, uh, except, uh, the, weirdly, Cody, uh, that uh, James B. Swanson has 12 home runs and Tim Anderson has zero. Um, here's the thing. And we have a poll question, and I, f- I finally found my train of thought. We have a poll question about, do you care about the Crosstown series? And thank you to Hooters for presenting our Crosstown coverage. I, I told you before, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the Sox lose to the Cubs. I don't care if they lose to the Orioles, mm-hmm. the Blue Jays, the Tigers, the Twins, the Royals, the Guardians, Dodgers, Mets. I mean, who, who haven't athletics. they lost to? Have these, have they lost to them. They did. The fucking athletics. Uh, lost to the Braves. I don't care. I don't care. I actually beat the Braves, but they Wait, only lost one game. Our, our guy, Hawk Harrelson Kaepernick, <laughs> loves, <laughs> loves to say, you know what, you win 60, you lose 60, and it's the other fucking 42 or whatever to the count. Yeah. You're going to lose baseball games. Sox aren't perfect against the Cubs in our lifetime. First crosstown game you went to. First game ever they lost. Yes, they did. It's the fact that they're 20 games under 500. Correct. It's the fact that we have watched 102 games, and they're not 51 and 51. No. 40 and 60, or they're 20 games under 500, so maybe I should get this right. The 40, 42 wins? Yeah. You sure right. about that? Oh, it's so how many games? 102? 102. 
Then then it's 41 and 61. Okay, there you go. Herb's our math guy. 41 and 62. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous for the team that, again, asked me after the parade, again, said that they're going to have a window for five to seven years. Mm-hmm. And now we're just watching and debating whether Yohan Moncada, who is the highest paid player in franchise history, or at least was originally, because he is also making $75 million, like my man, Andrew Benatendi, should move back to second base over a guy who didn't make the opening day roster? Hmm. Like, no, we're not talking about adding at the de- deadline and Rakan posing up in the dugout about buying and adding to his perfectly uh, you know, curated team with all these stars that they homegrown. Look at the pitching rotation. It's not homegrown. Nope. Like, they have no pitching, no no ability to build pitching. And here's Michael Kopech, who had an all right day with the slider, but Cubs are a good at fastball-hitting team. And Daisy Swanson hit one over the fence. They hit one another one over the fence. Christopher Morrell hit one over the fence. Had a pretty good day for the Cubbies. I mean, 5 nothing Again, real early in this game, Kyle Hendricks is cruising. They're stealing bases left and right. The Cubs, I understand that, you know, it's been a tough couple of years for them. But they're not 20 games under 500. They have a plan. In the fucking champ contention window. Yeah, they have a plan. They're a much better organization, much better run, much better team. Manager's better. Players are much better. Um, so I'm not, exp- I'm not ex- you know, worried or I'm not uh, shocked by the result today. I think most White Sox fans wanted this to happen. They wanted more to this to happen. I wanted them to beat them by 10-plus. When we go to the game tomorrow and Melissa uh, Sage Bolenbach says, can we yell, sell the team? Can we start that? Hell yeah. I want to have Jerry Reinsdorf embarrassed specifically about these Cubs because it's the team that he hates probably the most in Major League Baseball, the Cubs, and how they do the thing and how they take the lion's share of the market here and they have it on their north side, even if it's a bad team like a three or four game under 500 uh, Cub team. They still have the good attendance. And I want the Cubs to come in here tomorrow versus Lance Lynn with Marcus Stroman strutting up and down, doing his thing, striking out every White Sox, and then Lance Lynn getting plastered tomorrow. That's, Just absolutely getting crushed that's tomorrow. A, a man who could throw a, a no-hitter against the White Sox. The ground ball can't oh my God. Stroman. I don't know if he's going to be striking out fools, but that's going to be ground balls left and right. But I don't know if I want to sell the team exactly. What do you want? We heard it leaking out a little bit in the top of the seventh. I think Cody Bellinger was up, and we heard a little bit of Go Cubs. I know this is a Sox program. I know all of these lovely people in our chat are either Cubs fans trying to hate, or they are Sox diehards and have been with us, like Matthew, Melissa, blank name, Fred, uh, Matthew. I mean, uh, there's two Matthews, but you know, there's two of them. Two dicks, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Bonnie Bernstein thing. I wasn't it calling it those Matthews dicks. No. Um, but I... We could probably get, Jason and Steve said, it's going to be 40,000. Could we get a Go Cubs chant in guaranteed rate? Like a strong one? Because I think that's better than sell the team. I think that gets more at Jerry, that there will be video evidence that Cubs fans can just terrorize White Sox fans, the White Sox fans who care and the Cubs fans who care, with, in your crib, a huge 40,000 amount of Chicagoans chanting Go Cubs. I think that would piss him off more than sell the team. I mean, there's two billboards that say sell the team. I don't think he cares about those. Yeah. I mean, that's just noise. But go Cubs, I mean, you mentioned it. I think he cares more about that than I care. And, you know, probably, you know, again, he's that's his rival on the other side of town mm-hmm. taking away uh, viewership. Like, I think that's a pretty clear sign that something's fucked up. 
I don't know if I can say it, but I would love to hear it just rousing throughout the crowd. We'll have Cody and, up and there. Then, I mean, Cody could start it. We'll just join in. Yeah, and then uh, having White Sox fans boo it, or White Sox fans, like you said, can join in because they're not necessarily switching to the Cubs because they don't like Cubs or the Cub fans. But if they understand the program that Jerry absolutely detests the Cubs and the Rickets and all that they stand for, embarrassing him in his own ballpark. You remember how he made the change from Garpax to AK and uh, Mark Eversley is because on his own stage, in his own stadium, on first take, you got people chanting fire Garpax on national TV, embarrassing him. And then he, well, then Michael Reinsdorf made the change. You need to embarrass this man to, for him to move to the next. And I hope they're embarrassed tomorrow on TV, and then, yeah, that Go Cubs Go chant, which that song is terrible. I will never sing it. But if it's rousing throughout the stadium, I'll just sit there and have a video camera and just listen to it and say, hey, you built this, Jerry. This is what you got in your own stadium. You got people chanting in your own city, Go Cubs Go. Disgusting. I, I think that's better than sell a team. That's a, that's a big venture to sell an entire team, you know. Just firing Rick Hahn would be uh, a oh. lot easier. Walk in and say, hey, buddy. It's been nice. Here's your. He probably has. Uh, what's it called? What a pension, right? I mean, I mean he's been there, there so forever. Long. Yeah, he's probably got a pension. Yeah, uh, mercy. Um, yeah, uh, Cherizi, who I think was, was likely the there. Yeah, said there was absolutely let's go Cubbies going on in the stadium tonight. I think it could be louder. The broadcast faintly picked it up. I I, I want to hear it throughout the entire stadium. We weren't watching the marquee network, so maybe the uh, NBC Sports Chicago turned the crowd mic uh, down a little bit, so they weren't picking up enough. Maybe. I think Some, somebody didn't like our idea. They gave us a thumb down. Oh, well, like what is that? Why? Why are you saying a fuck us for? It's the old uh, right. fuck me. 50. Why are you saying fuck me for? <laughs> uh, if if you do appreciate the post game show, make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I I really love Greg Braggs. I know he fucked up our pregame earlier. He's really terrible. That man's got passion. And uh, there was a time where uh, Steve was on vacation, uh, and it was Cody and you uh, say Steve, this guy. Oh, Steve. Oh, I thought you meant Steve. Oh, yeah, I, I was thought... about to be very offended. Oh, Steve. Okay. Not, okay. not Steven. Oh, okay. Steve. Luke. Luke okay. Stuckmeyer. Okay. I who is known as Steve. Okay. Of course. Um, sorry, ESPN Steve. Um, you wear the shirt in here. It was a gift. You wear the shirt in here. Um, there was something that Greg Braggs did, and I don't know if I should do it, but I, I think it might get a laugh out of people. Go ahead. All right. So just to set this up, Cody and Greg were doing a post-game show on the Cubs, and this is how Greg Braggs ended this. He said, I, I, I have this written down on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. So he's, Rick Hahn, your job is on the line this offseason. Your job is on the line. Do you want to be fired at the midpoint next year? No, you don't. That's why you need to go out and sign Shohei Otani. That's right. Not just be in the running, but sign him. Because if you're in the running and you fall short, Sox fans are going to drag you for it. Just like Manny Arturo Machado. We had a home run off Dick Mountain today. $25 million short. Because if you're in the running and fall short, Sox fans are going to drag you. If you do not get into the running for Shohei Otani, they're going to drag you for it. You must win the running. Don't just be in it. Don't just have a seat at the table. We are in a, we are a big boy market team and I want you to win the Shohei Otani Derby this offseason and get this team right Jerry Reinsdorf your reputation is on the line 
Do you want to be the guy who is known for bringing the first World Series home in 88 years and then being cheap after that and torching this team and bringing a NBC Sports Chicago that has failed miserably, probably going to start your own TV network that's going to fail miserably? He has marquee network, and I didn't change it, so I just tried to change it on the fly. Or do you want to be known as the guy who ended the 88-year drought with the World Series championship and brought Shohei Otani to guaranteed rate field in Chicago? NBC Sports Chicago would be safe, Jerry. Your next venture, you could call it the Shohei Network. Every single Sox fan I know would sign up for NBC Shohei Otani Chicago if they don't already, if you sign Shohei Otani. Save NBC Shohei Otani Chicago. There's good people working over there like Ryan McGuffey who had colitis and couldn't join us yesterday. This team has a good <laughs> nucleus. The run differential, we've talked about it. The starting staff, we've talked about it. Tim Anderson, Elvis Andrews up the middle. Andrew Benatendi, you just signed him. You've got players on this team. You've got guys coming up in the farm system. Maybe not. Who, who do they have coming up in the farm system? Um, no one. Add Shohei Otani to this lineup. He's a multiplier. You don't have to have anyone in the farm system. He's four players at once. He is worth the money that you have to spend for him. Oh, and by the way, you do spend the money. It doesn't work out. Sox fans won't blame me for it. Sox fans are going to show up in droves. They're not showing up in droves now. They're chanting, go Cubs. The only reason why they're showing up is because the Cubs are in town. They're always in town. At fucking 81 games of the year. The part of this I like is the part that people don't realize that it's not real. It's 83. They're in Chicago 83 games because they play in Chicago twice. He multiplies your lineup and he multiplies your starting rotation. He saves your run differential both ways. He's worth the money that you have to spend for him. Oh, and by the way, if you do spend the money, it doesn't work out. Sox fans won't blame you for it, so you better do it. And I'm not playing around. This is the greatest summer city in the world. That's why Greg Braggs thinks that they should sign Sohei Otani because he enjoys summer that much. Let him play in the greatest summer city in the world. He's wasting away with the Angels. It's the truest thing he said all rant. The greatest fan base in the world... Me and Herb in the bleachers. You sign him, he immediately becomes the greatest player ever to put on a Sox jersey. No, that's not hyperbole. Herb, Steven. He would immediately become the greatest player to ever put on a Sox uniform. No disrespect to Larry Garcia. No disrespect to Neil Kotz, <laughs> who made the Sox fan I am today. He would be the greatest player to ever put on the threads. Get those threads put on him. Who is this? This was Cody's? Greg Braggs. Yelling uh, for three I, I was, minutes. I was listening to that live, and yeah, you nailed it there. Nobody else, Can't well, maybe that. only a handful of people actually saw that, and an hour hearing you do it, it, it makes it that much funnier. I can't believe on Twitter. that goof screwed up our pregame. What a dick. What a dick. That's where the Sox went wrong today. Greg did, Braggs' fault. Yeah, they, exactly. I mean, we were cruising. We were feeling the mojo and everything. And then Greg Bragg screwed up our pregame. And that's why they lost. And that's why they're going to lose tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah. We have no pregame tomorrow. It just continues on. Like We need to fix our pregame from where Greg Bragg's messed it up to actually reverse the mojo of the White Sox. Because we have that much power here with us, here at uh, CHGO. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, tomorrow is going to be fun. We're, we're not going to be live or anything. We're going to have two shows on Thursday. We're going to be at the Rosemont Convention Center for the National Sports Convention, right? On Thursday, yeah. On Thursday at 12 p.m. We're going to have a live show there, and then we're going to have a post game on Thursday. But no show on Wednesday because we're going to be hanging out at the G-Rate. Um, 
And I can happily say that I don't. I have not given Jerry Reinsdorf any money yet. I'm trying to think. Have I? I don't know if I've bought all my tickets through Game Time, but of course I bought you know concessions there, so I have given Jerry a couple of my dollars. So it's all right. It's all right. Hey. Decent. Uh, again, I mean, we're gonna probably see a sell off, and uh, let's. The man's take- a billionaire, so my hundred dollars I've given to him this year. I don't think he's you know, gonna be. He's gonna put in that compartment. It's like, ha, 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 I got your money. If get out of here. <laughs> if you and what like two hundred and fifty of two hundred and fifty thousand of the closest people I know, mm-hmm. basically all the shady race people have given them five stars. Um, gave Jerry Reinsdorf ten dollars each. They yes. would have been able to sign Manny Machado. Maybe I mean, my math might be off, but I think I think two hundred and fifty thousand times ten is twenty five million. I don't know if that Can is. Can someone check my mail? I don't think that's true. It's two point five million. Yeah. So they need okay, to give so we, need, we need two two million, two and a half million. Yeah, I think you need to give a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars to get there. Two point five times ten is twenty. But I would love to them do it, you know, not short them by hundred million plus dollars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just you know, and they probably needed to sign his like cousin too. You know, they just signed his brother-in-law and his best friend, John Jay. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a close enough family relationship. Okay, the adult's going to join the show. Um, Vinny Duber's going to join. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and let you know about Hooters. Uh, again, they're presenting our Crosstown Classic coverage. Um, Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. They have 11 Chicagoland locations. Step up to our plate for our world-famous wings, delicious seafood, stack sandwiches, salads, and more. They have tons of great beer specials and $6 drinks all day, every day. Check out our seafood specials as well for nineteen eighty-three. For a pound of crab legs and great prices on buffalo and steamed shrimp. Hooters is celebrating 40 years in business all year long. In honor of their anniversary on the 4th of every month, Hooters will be hosting throwback events, bringing the 80s back with 83 scent wings and other great specials. Next one is on August 4th. For more information, visit HootersOriginal.com for more info. And they have, again, 11 Chicago lands locations at Hooters. It's always easy to pick a winner. Also want to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is um, my favorite sportsbook. I, I did lose some money today because I thought Michael Kopech might walk uh, Cody Ballinger. He did not. Um he almost did, had 10-pitch at bat, and then was able to put him away. And then Jesse Schultons got down 3-0, and then somehow struck him out. So I, I was a little peeved, but new customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO when you sign up at just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code CHGO, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The DraftKings pick of the week is when we're going to be at Guaranteed Rate Field tomorrow. Herb's guy, Cody Bellinger. Oh, you're damn right. Up against Lance Lynn, mm. who I think uh, as Beef Loaf is taking track of, uh, 25 home runs right now, 13 away from the White Sox record of Floyd Bannister, most homers given up in a season. So and most of those against like left-handers have hit the most of those right. of those 25. Gave up four in his last outing. Uh, pick of the day tomorrow. I don't have the odds for you, but Cody Bellinger to go deep off Lance Lynn. Gambling problem? Call 1-800 Gambler. Massachusetts call 1-800-327-505 or visit gambling help line ma.org in New York. Call 887-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Blue Hills Casino and Resort in Kansas and West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800 Gambler or visit www.100gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please Play responsibly in partnership Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for a gambling problem. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. of state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet of $50. 10 plus legs required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Nice. Thank you. 
Good job. Let's go out to Guaranteed Ray Field, where we get to talk to our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on X at Vinny Duber. And he just posted a brand new post or a brand new article. Uh, I guess I posted it for him at allchgo.com uh, about what Pedro Grafal had to say in the dugout earlier today. We haven't played it yet. We played it on the pregame. Uh, but I feel like we can probably illuminate enough. And if people want a little bit more info, we, we can... Uh, direct them to Vinny's quotes because he does have uh, the the money quotes in there. But first off, hi, Vinny. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm trying to make people laugh because that was a, a nightmare to watch. Um, let's just go to the pregame first. A lot coming out with Yohan Moncada returning, Jake Berger playing second base and looking fine um, at second base. But I think Obviously, let's start with your article, Pedro Grafal saying that he's taking the blame for a disappointing 2023. Um, it was about a three-minute back and forth, and we did post it all on our YouTube channel as well, so you can go watch it there. But what do you mainly take away from that? Because, as you said, it was surprising. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, it was a, a tone, at the very least, that we don't hear from Pedro too often, kind of a fired-up tone, uh, you know, but it was one that listen, this team is now 20 games under 500 after this loss. I mean, it's about time, probably way past time for people to start uh, talking like that and, and showing that frustration in a little bit um, easier to decipher way. I think, you know, certainly this whole team has been frustrated all year long with what they've uh, been unable to do. But, uh, and, and remember too, this is Pedro's first job. I mean, he, uh, first managerial job in the big leagues, he used the phrase today, I didn't sign up for this, not complaining, but, you know, saying didn't sign up to, to have of this not work kind of thing and so uh you know he he's pointing the thumb not the finger and saying hey this is me and the coaching staff failing to do what we were tasked with doing and you can't help but agree with them in that in that very specific regard saying look this is a guy who was hired with the i with the sole directive of get those guys back to to what we think they should be after the down years last year obviously injuries played a big part as they have again this year but a team going 81 and 81 that was supposed to be a, a world series contender on a regular basis now it's so much worse and all those same problems that existed last year still exist. So uh, they haven't, they haven't made the fixes. They haven't made the corrections that needed to be made. You know, Pedro realizes that. And, and he said today, I sat up there in front of everybody and said, you know, we were going to be a team with high expectations. We were going to be a team that played a certain way, alluding to his uh, uh comments in his introductory press conference where he said he wants this team to be fundamentally sound prepared to play every single night he hasn't seen that he hasn't seen the attention to detail and let alone the fundamental play that he he wanted to see so uh all the things that they came in here uh, you know with the intention of doing they haven't done them uh you know and, and really you can't really see the improvements with the few exceptions i mean you've got luis robert jr who obviously has has you know, figured how to do things out at the plate without kind of flailing at those outside pitches. Lucas Giolito has had a really great bounce back season. But other than that, it's the same thing that we've seen uh, and, and a, a failure to reach the potential that uh, that we all heard that these guys had for years during that rebuilding process. So if you're going to have Pedro Grafol sit up there and say, hey, it hasn't worked, it hasn't worked, he has to say, hey, it's partially at least and he didn't he he went you know greater than partially but his fault and so uh, that's what he said earlier today obviously it is more than one person's fault when it gets to this uh gets to this point certainly the front office is the one taking 
the or the area of the team taking the biggest heat on on social media and, and, and our comments on a nightly basis. But listen to the players. I mean, these are the guys that are going out there tasked with hitting the pitches, tasked with trying to miss some bats, tasked with keeping the ball in the yard, and they can't do that on a, on a fairly regular basis. It's admirable of Pedro to fall on the sword for the team this year because I, in my heart of hearts, don't think that Pedro caused this team to be 20 games below 500. I'm sure he doesn't either. But um, were there any solutions that he was giving? Was Like he says that it's his fault, but is there anything after recognizing it's his fault? Is there anything moving forward that he and the coaches can do to make this team look like they're actually fundamentally sound team and a team that he would represent and say, hey, that's at least my team out there, even if the record doesn't look great? Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes. Uh, unfortunately, as you probably have come to expect from Pedro at this point, I can't really give you any more than yes, because he's not a guy that really goes into those behind the scenes fixes, the behind the scenes work that they're doing other than to trumpet that it is working and in, 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 when uh, on the occasion that it does. Um, but he had a lengthy answer about how they're going to look at every single thing. And listen, every single thing is a long list. This team is 20 games under 500. They've got a ton of stuff that they need to turn from bad into good. If we're talking about, you know, the last two months of this season, all six months of next season and beyond, they've got a lot of work to do. And I think he knows that. And I think he's ready to do that work. He's willing to do that work. And he talked pretty passionately about how they're going to look at every single thing, every single part of this organization, basically, and saying, hey, if you you have to be able to look in the mirror and, and say that I can I can do better. You know, did you give everything you got? And he said, well, apparently I could have done better because look at the record. Look at what the team is. He said, looking back on these four months, there's a lot of things that he would have done differently. Remember, this is a guy in his first year as a big league manager. Of course, he's going to have some uh, you know, boy, I really wish that would have gone a different way uh, as, as he goes about figuring out what this job is like, too. So um, there's an awful lot that this team needs to fix, and it's not going to be just as easy as swapping out roster pieces, be it at the trade deadline or in the offseason. This is a team that still is one of the worst defensive teams in baseball. This is a team that still cannot walk is one of the worst on base teams in baseball. They're down there and they're down toward the bottom in scoring runs. They're down near the bottom in slugging. I mean, this is a team that has a lot of work to do and a lot of things to fix. And I'm just talking team-wide stats, let alone the individual performances of each of these guys. I mean, heck, look at what happened tonight. The, the team they're playing hit four home runs and stole five bases. I mean, that is right there. Keep the ball in the ballpark and stop letting guys run all over the base pass. Pedro was particularly upset about the latter, saying that they need to get better at it, and he didn't mean in the future. He means, like, tomorrow they need to get better at it. And he's, he said they had the conversations that they need to have. But it's a, team, it's a team-wide thing, and, and, and we're seeing the same things that contributed to what we thought was as low as you could go last year, and they're 20 games below that. Well, they'll be better tomorrow at – holding runners from stealing because Zavala will be back there. It's the fact that Grandal's back there. I mean, he just, I mean, well, I know it takes that, more than one. It takes more than one. And he talked about Kopech. Uh, he talked about Kopech tonight, how Kopech, you know, was showing what he needed to show in terms of holding runners on toward the end of his outing. But where was he at the beginning when they were stealing bases on him too? So, I mean, it, it I, I am not trying to defend, you know, part of, part of the problem there because Grandal was behind the plate for all five of those stolen bases tonight. But this is a team-wide thing. How many times this year have we seen Grandal make a fine throw down to second base and it's dropped by Elvis Andrews or Tim Anderson? Or I mean, this is there's a lot that needs to go in to having a successful, uh, you know, 
team in preventing that kind of outcome, and the White Sox don't have that team wide. And that's why he's there. That's yeah. that's I. You should, you put me in my place, and I appreciate that. That's that, that, that's Vinny dropping facts right there. Uh, all right, I mean it, it's true too. I mean we saw that I think even in uh, uh, spring training, it seemed like. Clevenger and Kopech were getting stolen on often, and it doesn't seem like you know that that problem uh, has been uh, super fixed with with Kopech. Um, I want to throw these quotes out to you guys and, and just see what you make of it. Um, Jim Margulis put these two back to back from Grafol, one on July 9th and then uh, one today. Uh, Grafol on building an organizational culture quote: "I think the foundation is being set." We've got some work to do, but the foundation is in place and we just got to continue to really focus on it. I believe that's a really big part of building a sustainable championship organization. Culture is a big part of it. It's not quantifiable. A lot of people don't believe in it. I've lived it. When you go to two World Series in a row and you see a clubhouse and you see an organization and you see culture in place, I just believe in culture. And then he followed that up with today. Uh, There's a style of baseball that we want to play. There's a culture that we want to build. It hasn't happened yet. And that's on me. Nobody else, that's on me. I guess, what's the foundation that he was referring to to July 9th? Because, again, he said we've got some work to do and trumpeted that exact same thing today. Um, but, again, it's it's not there yet. It hasn't happened. That culture isn't there. Is it just they're not winning games and they're not having fun? Is it just not a, a cohesive clubhouse? I mean, what was that foundation or, or what now in the past – two weeks or so, three weeks ago or so, as, as it got, has caused them to get away from that foundation, I guess. Well, I think what he's talking about is a long-term thing. And he can say at the at, you know, three months into his first season that they've got the foundation set because the idea is you need the foundation before you build the house, right? And I don't think that right now they've necessarily gone backward on that specific front. It's just that it's taking a long time. And I don't think you can blame a guy or a staff, let's say, for, for coming in here. This is, they just got here. You know what I mean? Like, if they want to build the culture they want to build, well, they've only been employed with this team since November. Now, then, then maybe the – I don't want to call it a problem because I think it probably works in other situations, but you've got a culture that already existed, and then you've got the culture that existed in the mind of – Pedro Grafol of what he wants it to be. And those two things might not be the same. I'm not saying that the culture that already existed was perfect. I'm not saying that the culture that Pedro Grafol wants to build is compatible with what was already here. Uh, we heard about it a little bit in regard to some of the hitting stuff. In It was somebody saying, and I forget who was describing this, I apologize, but it was, hey, they just came in and gave us all sorts of different stuff, that, referring to Pedro and the, and the new coaching staff, all the stuff that they wanted to work on. It's going to take some time for it to sink in. Like, like It might have even been Pedro in, in regard to Luis Robert Jr. saying, we threw all this stuff at him, and hey, it takes some time for mm-hmm. it to click. And that's just instruction on how to play baseball. You know what I mean? So the other stuff surrounding it, the, the all the extraneous stuff that goes into the very uh, – very big umbrella term of culture that I think a lot of people have a lot of different definitions for, right? I think that probably not only takes the same amount of time, it probably takes longer. And so if Pedro Grifo is brought in essentially to do a full culture rehab work, 
you think that's going to get done in a, in a month of spring training or, to, or a month and a half of spring training to get ready to go for opening day? I think that was the hope, you know what I mean? And the, the hope that they would come along at the right spot. But here we are, and he's still talking about building it slowly. It's not there yet. It's probably not there yet, and it's probably going to take a, a, a good while for him to build and establish what he needs to do. And I think, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think it was – destined to fail or anything like that but when you have three different people leading a clubhouse you can say four if you want to include Miguel Cairo for a month that's a lot of voices and a lot of culture in a uh, you know a lot of different opinions on what the culture should be in a very short amount of time and you know I'm, I'm again I, I think there are plenty of situations you can probably go back to in in recent and long-term baseball history to find the example of it working out just fine because the team won games. But here we are trying to figure out what's going wrong with this team. And maybe that's part of it just because the, the wins weren't coming to help it along kind of thing. And so, you know, again, I, w- I would caution people from thinking they know what culture means to any other person, right? I, I think, uh, you know, you probably have one definition and folks watching probably have another definition. The guy on Twitter has another definition and, and the woman sitting in the left field bleachers has another definition of what they all want to see from quote unquote culture. It means a lot of different things. And, and, and Pedro was even asked because he brought up the term, you know, he brought up kind of the, um, the, the idea of cultural changes might need to be made. And he was asked, Oh, well, what does that mean? And he basically says, well, it means everything. It means that we have to think about everything in terms of what we need to look at, what we might need to change. He's saying that, that big changes might be necessary this offseason. Not, you know, he included personnel changes in that as well, but mostly just in kind of reevaluating the way they do every single thing. Beyonce Courtney jerked, stole my question and stole my answer I was going to have for Vinny right there because culture and buy in. Especially in uh, there's a super chat from Matty Rice for four ninety nine says Grafalk also came from a losing culture so maybe that's what he knows. It's hard for those players to be like, you know what we were seven and twenty two man. What does this Pedro guy got to to say about us? Like how are you gonna you know listen to a guy that firstly came from the organization he came from? The buy in's not there. You can say whatever you want about Tony Larusa, but when he came in, he just flashed the rings. Like guys, you want to come here? You want to be his? Follow me. And whether they follow him or not, at least he has the skins on the wall to say, hey, I've been there where you need to go. I'm going to get there. And you could say Pedro's been there twice with the Royals back in 2014 and 15. Cool. But that's been a minute. And so I can just think about these players and thinking like, man, this guy here is talking about this, that, and the other. We've been following this, that, and the other. We're 7-22. and And now... We're 41 and 61. Why should I listen to this dude type of stuff? That's what I'm saying. It's just like hard to build culture. Tell me one bad team that you're like, man, that culture over there, great. Can I-, I love what the Brewers are doing over there, and they're 0 and 50, 54. Man, good job, Brewers. Culture's nice, though. I just want to add this on, too, because I, w- I just wanted to go back to Vinny's article from when they were looking for managers and, like, the qualities, and it was winning experience, which, yeah, like you said, 2014, 2015, eh. yeah. Um, And then recent experience in the dugout. I think the ideal person to fit what we are looking for, given where this team is, does have recent experience in some role in a dugout contributing to a team that has having success. Recent experience. I mean, I don't know what how recent recent is, but I mean, Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson, 
were they in the league when they were having recent success? None of them were. Like Lance Lynn was, but Lance Lynn was also around for Tony LaRusso's last win. I think Tim's first year was 2016. I mean, I, I don't think, I think what you're, you're throwing out there is right. I mean, Pedro in his press conference said, we knew that they weren't going to show up against us. Well, why? Because the Royals sucked. Because they thought they could just dog walk you with their talent last year. And they year. didn't. And they didn't. Because, you know, the Royals played hard and they thought that would translate bringing Pedro over. But, like, I agree with you. Though we haven't gotten to the Rick Hahn thing. Some people are miffed that he didn't speak today. I just didn't want to hear him uh, go on. But why is the manager who's been here, like Vinny said, for three months falling on the sword when Rick Hahn's the architect of this team and he was the one saying, hey, you know, ask me after the parade? Again, like, he usually speaks before home. Uh, you know, home series, and he didn't today. Well, I can illuminate some of that. I, this His uh, speaking schedule, this is in line with what he's done the last couple of summers. Um, he, he typically, uh, you know, waits until the trade deadline, an extended period of time. This is not atypical, uh, given the way the last two or three years that I can remember have played out. So um, I, I did not expect him to, to talk today, and I, I don't expect him to until – they make a move or the trade deadline has passed, whichever of those comes first. So uh, so that is not necessarily something that people should be shocked about. If you're just upset that you want to hear from him every day, then okay. But uh, this is not atypical with what he's done in the past. Also, let's remember that Pedro talking today sounded an awful lot like Rick Hahn talking a couple of months ago when Rick Hahn was saying, put it on me and, and you know, I'm the guy who built the roster, so of course I'm to blame. Um you know, it just seems like kind of they're taking turns, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, again, they're both, they both have taken their turn doing the, because to use the word you said earlier, Herb, admirable thing, right? To, to, to whatever degree you want to say it is of, of, of shouldering the blame of what has gone very, very wrong so far this year. So, I mean, we're going to hear from Rick within a week, um, you know, perhaps sooner, depending on when they make a, a move. And um, then you'll, you'll probably get to hear some of that from Rick too, again. But, uh, you know, he has not been without his moment of, of trying to do the same thing that Pedro did today. It's just Pedro did seem a little fired up about it, which was kind of, an, uh, like I said, an atypical way for him to sound in a normal media session. Her brought up a point that I, I agree with. Feel free to push back on. If they were 61 and 41, do you think he would have spoke? Again, I mean, this, I believe, goes back to two years or two years ago when they won the division in, in a runaway. You know what I mean? So I th- I, just memory serves. Certainly, this is how it worked last year. And, and like I said, memory serves that um, this is kind of typical for what he does this time of year, just because, again, he's not a guy that likes to t- talk about trade rumors to begin with. You know what I mean? If you and, and he's not. Uh, necessarily um, someone who likes to uh, repeat himself, uh, you know, in terms of doing a bunch of interviews all in a row when he can kind of offer some new information. So um, I, I don't think that that was this big of a deal, obviously, when the team is this bad to, to basically do the inverse of the point you just brought up. When the team is this bad, the obvious microscope is going to be under, uh, you know, why didn't he do this? The fans are going to be frustrated by just about anything that happens, and, and certainly when it's something they um, wanted to see and they didn't get. I'm just uh, miffed at Michael Kopech, too. Like, didn't hold runners on, didn't necessarily pitch well today. What is going on with him and his progression? Because he's not, like, from last year to this year, he's gone down. He's not a better pitcher than he was last year. I don't know how they get from how they do 
uh, player development. Michael Kopech should be much better at the point that he is right now than he is right now. What do you have to say after his outing? What did Pedro have to say? I'm just frustrated with the actual starting pitcher because he'll be back next year. And if it's the same thing as our two starter, I'm going to be worried. Well, it's the same thing that we've seen, you know, unfortunately for him and for the White Sox and for you, for you fans out there. It's the same thing kind of that we've heard from him very often this season. He's very frustrated with himself. He's not happy with the results. He's very quiet um, and, and very, you know, like I said, displeased with, with, with the results that he's having on the field. Um, 22 home runs. He's one of, I think, one of 15 or so pitchers who have given up 20 homers this year. Two of them are his teammates, Lance Lynn, uh, who leads the league, and then Lucas Giolito has also given up 20. Um, you know, and then he came into tonight leading the American League in walks. Uh, he only had one tonight, but um, there, you know, I think he's given up a homer in like five straight starts. He's got, you know, he's 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 just he's done this before and and pretty consistently. Um, so he's not happy about that. Uh, that being said. Um, you know, he, he didn't think that tonight was kind of the same problems that he's been having throughout the season. Uh, you know, I asked Pedro, both him and Pedro kind of what has made him susceptible to giving up all these home runs this year. And the, the idea has basically boiled down to, well, when you fall behind in the count, it's kind of easy to, to get into a position where someone can, can turn a pitch around on you if they're, if they know what you're trying to do, um, you know, to, to battle back, uh, tonight. Two of those homers, I believe, were two strike pitches. So he, he didn't necessarily find himself in those same same situations that he has in the past. But uh, you're right. And this is this is a um, weird thing. I mean, me and Sean talked about it, Herb, I believe, while you were gone, uh, saying this is being described as another developmental year for him, another growth year for him. I mean, wasn't that what last year was supposed to be? Like that this is still kind of being talked about understandably that the guy, you know, he's not like he's 40 years old tomorrow and that, you know, the, the sand's going to run out of the hourglass or anything like that. But it was supposed to, to be here by now, I think. And uh, he's obviously had a unique journey. And, and I understand the, the, the Tommy John and the year off for, for, during the COVID season and all of that. But yeah, this is uh, this is a guy who you would have thought would be a part of this by now. I mean, if you're talking about uh, a team that was expected to compete for a division title for a World Series, this guy was supposed to be one of your one of your five guys, uh, and and here he is, kind of still being trotted out there to to learn and to develop. And uh, you know, yeah, I, I get the point that you never stop developing. That that could be said of, of other guys as well, Lucas or Dylan or whoever. But um, yeah, it, it hasn't looked good, and it makes you very much question what 2024 looks like for him. Uh, not necessarily because you think it's going to be bad, but because you do not know what it's going to be. And if you've got him as a big question mark, and then you have to replace 60% of the rotation anyway, that's a lot of mystery. And, and it, it makes you wonder what that rotation can do uh, going into to, to the next season. Yeah, I mean, how, how did... Kopech say he felt after today's game. I don't know if he would be so, you know, open about it, but did he say that he felt fine? Like, I mean, I know he's been dealing physically? with Physically? Yeah, physically. Yeah, he said he felt okay. fine, yeah. All right. I mean, I, I don't know how much info he'd actually let up about that, but, you know, that, that's the main thing that I feel like is important right now is just how many innings can he throw? We saw 102 pitches. He was only able to get through five, but he probably could have got through six if he was more efficient. Um, and, hey, only one walk. I mean... It's the, the minor victories. He's got an ERA <laughs> under 450. Let's take the minor victories. Uh, Steve, do we, do we have the, the stuff and results for Kopech? Uh, I'll read these off, and then we'll take a break. Um, again, 102 pitches, 
seems like what we've mainly seen from Kopech this year, 65% fastball. Uh, the main thing that jumps out is from the results, the slider was more effective today, but I think that's mainly just because the Cubs are a good fastball hitting team and uh, they hit the hell out of it when they did. They put 14 fastballs in play today, uh, average exit velocity of 91.4, uh, a couple max exit velocities on some Dansby Swanson homers, uh, but only three whiffs on that fastball on 28 swings, which is just not good for Kopech. He was able to locate it again, uh, only one walk, uh, 24 call strikes, which is good, six on his slider, 13 on his four-seam fastball. And again, the slider was a very effective pitch today, and so was his changeup because I think the uh, Cubs were, were leaning so much. Just again, he's been 60% fastball this entire year, so, you know, we're going to guess six out of ten times right um, if, if we're doing that. So This is part of the development. Like, get a secondary and a tertiary pitch that you can rely on, and sometimes... Pitch those more than their four-seam fastball. And they look good tonight. Like, I mean, that's the thing is there's that clip from Yasmani from spring training where he's like, hey, that changeup is where you were at in 2021. And I think Anthony mentioned, can we argue that the best Kopech was bullpen Kopech? Well, of course it was. I mean, that's when he was getting the best results. That's when he looked the most dominant. That's when that look, that sh slider looked sharp. That's when that fastball was like 99. I mean, he was unhittable. And that's because just like Reynaldo Lopez, you're able to put more effort into just that inning. You're just focusing on that one inning, those three batters. Same with Jimmy Lambert. It gives you more of a, uh, you know, a, 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 a less outing time. You don't have to conserve your energy. You can just give it the full go, um, which, again, is good for Kopech because you can rack it up to 99 and throw his slider at 88, um, which just makes those pitches a lot more effective. But, you know, he doesn't really trust the change-up slider, and he's basically shelved the curveball, which is an effective pitch. Like, I, I just don't know where he's at with those secondary pitches. Um, today was a, a a good day for those secondary pitches, and hopefully he takes the confidence, at least from those two pitches, to the next outing. And, hey, maybe if it's a worse team, like the Royals or Tigers, I don't know who's up next. Um, uh, after Cleveland, Cleveland. I don't know who they Cleveland? Eh, mm. I don't know who they play after Cleveland. Cleveland's all right. But, they go on the um, road to Texas. Oh, yeah. So it goes home. Ugly. E. Uh, I don't want to see that. Um, hopefully he misses e. Texas. Um, Ooh, anyways, golly. Uh, let's take a break and then we'll talk That's about fair. Jake Berger's debut <laughs> at second, or starting debut at second, uh, and Yohan Moncada returning from the injured list. want to let you know about what Herb's drinking. Goose Island, CHGO's beer, CHGO supported by Goose Island Beer Company. It's been honk, Chicago's honk. beer since 1988. <laughs> um, we don't have it in Studio B. Do we not? Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh. I, I like Herb doing it better. That was yeah, just you jumped the gun. Better. I like oh. that better. We got to get Herb the recording of Herb doing the goose. My recording goose. and then Steven doing my hello. <laughs> Their hello. beer roster includes <laughs> the Goose Island IPA, a six-time medal award winner at the Great American Beer Fest, a tropical uh, beer hug and the beer hug series. Uh, they got the neon. They got the juicy. They got the hazy. They got the tropical. That's a 9.9 percenter. That's dangerously easy to drink. They got the 312 wheat ale that Herb's drinking. And we got the, obviously, tomorrow, the huge Goose Island event, the Crosstown event, uh, where we'll be at Guaranteed Rate Field. Those tickets have sold out, but you can buy tickets for our August 16th event at Wrigley Field. If you are a diehard, you get 20% off that event. You can also grab an ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Also want to let you know about our friends at Shady Rays. It's sunny. I mean, 95, it's going to be like 100 tomorrow. 100 and hot. 
Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. I guess the warm weather isn't ahead. It's here. Shady Rays mm-hmm. is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, tells that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal this season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Um, we'll tell you about our, our event at Coghill a little bit later. Let's jump into the Yoan Moncada talk. Let's start off first with the health update. He's back, but his back isn't 100%. He's back, but he isn't 100%. Uh, This was a disc issue in his back that he's been dealing with since spring training. Uh, And uh, it hasn't felt good uh, for basically that entire time. He said today that he feels as good as he has felt since it's first popped up way back in the spring. Um, And certainly much better than when he came off the IL the first time earlier in the season. But uh, this was a month and a half stay for him on the injured list this time around. He says he's feeling as good as he has all year. That's the good news. Uh, but he's not 100%. His body's not 100%. It, it was more so affecting the, the discomfort moved from his back down into his glute, down into his hamstring. It's, and uh, he says it's something that he's just going to have to deal with uh, this year. So, yeah, he's feeling better and he's feeling good, uh, but it's not gone. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, like I always say, the stamina bar is never all the way full, um, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be uh, for uh, Yoan the rest of the year. What was the urgency to bring him up to the major leagues if he is not the player that he needs to be, if he's not close to the 100%? I mean, I know there's limits on how far and how long you can be in a rehab uh, stint, but if the man is feeling some pain and it's you know radiating down his body, it tells me that he should be shut down for a longer extended period of time. Like having you on Moncada on the team, I'm all good for you. Almost hit a grand slam today. But I don't think what he's doing this year or what he'll do the rest of the year will help him in the future, will help the White Sox in the future. I think resting him will maybe help him in the future. I think that would be the better approach. Why did they say that it was time for Yohan to come up to the majors? He feels good enough to play. I mean, I think that's basically the reason right there. I mean, he felt he felt good on the on the rehab assignment and he feels good enough to play. And these guys are trained to, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I I don't know how many times I can say like he's they, they're not 100 percent. They're never 100 percent. And um, I think that in the, the world that we live in where everybody wants to know for fantasy reasons and for betting reasons and all that kind of thing, we get very detailed, probably injury updates. Um, but. These guys aren't aren't 100%. It, it goes on to more what Pedro had to say today about Aloy Jimenez, what Pedro had to say about Andrew Vaughn. These guys aren't 100%. They're not feeling good. They're playing through discomfort. They're limping around. Eloy can't run, although he had a, he ran in a second with a double today and slid in the second today. But um, they are 
they are putting the lineup that they think gives them the best chance to win. And if these guys can give them something, they are valuable in that quest to win a baseball game. Now, I asked Pedro, I go, you, you look at your record. <laughs> Right. Does does your does the does the record factor into the decision making process with any of these guys? And he basically said, "We want to win every game. We're trying to win every game, and and that's fine. Good. I mean, that's what you're hired to do, right? Is is win as many games as possible. But I would think if you're talking about three guys who are long term pieces of the puzzle for this White Sox team, who basically, as the roster stands right now, would be your th- what three, four, five hitters, or two or four, five, six hitters in next year's lineup in the, yep. in the lineup right now, but in next year's lineup when you might have a better shot at get, competing for something, you would think you would want to put those guys in the best position possible. And maybe playing them now does not affect what they are able to do next year. But I would be asking those questions of, you know, I guess the alternative is you basically got the Charlotte Knights out there, right? I mean, that's the alternative. They right? can't do worse. And and so they got so the TWTW. I, I guess the the point is just hey, fifty percent Eloy and 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 seventy percent Yoan is better than the guys that they'd have to call up to replace them from AAA. See, I I would rather see Remillard, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to Yoan, but even with Vaughn and Eloy, that's a bone bruise, that's a groin injury. Again, Eloy doesn't really need to run as a DH. Kevin brings it up here. You know, I mean, we've seen back injuries ruin Joe Creedy. We've seen back injuries ruin Prince Fielder and end their careers. Um, Joseph saying you can't baby him. I don't think you're really babying him. I, I think if someone's back is not 100%, they shouldn't be playing. I think it's detrimental to his career. I mean, in 2024, he has to be on the team. In 2025, he has a team option. But in 2024, that's a probably more important year than this year at this point because you're paying him $24 million, Oof. not $17 million. Jesus and Christ. you're not 20 games under 500 Oof. in 2024 yet. The game well, season hasn't started. I will, I will say Jesus. this. I will say this, Sean. <laughs> they do employ a medical staff. And if they, if they thought that this was going to be something that really wrecked him, I mean, listen, you're, you know what I mean? Like, not only are you not a doctor, but you're not his doctor. Right. And you don't know what his x-ray looks like and you don't know what his MRI looks like and that kind of thing. They have a training staff. They have a medical staff and, and they would but, you cannot tell me that they would say, oh, OK, go out there and, and play and oh, oh, cross your fingers that you don't Vinny, ruin your career. Like that's I, not I, what they're going to do. Come on. I don't mean to be disrespectful. You saw Luis Robert Jr. in August. Could that man play baseball? They put him out for four, four weeks and he couldn't swing a bat. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying. He's he himself is saying he's not 100 percent. I think those same doctors would say he's not 100%. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying it seems very, very stupid of the White Sox to play him if he's not 100% with a back injury specifically. I mean, we see it with Yasmani Grandal. That that back injury has zapped that person. I think that you need to make sure that you are 100% healthy. We saw it with Lucas Giolito. He got through the oblique injury, but he wasn't Lucas Giolito. Yohan Moncada had a nice swing today, but it had the same expecting batting average as... uh, Vaughn's ground out the next at bat. Like, I just don't want to see Moncada have the same. That was same... a hit, Sean. That was a oh, hit. Oh, it was a hit. But yeah. <laughs> um, Moncada's wasn't. Um, but uh, uh, he's got TWTWs, fastest team, the fastest guy on the team. Um, but uh, I forgot where I was going. But it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I get what you're saying too, Sean. But the only reason, the only way I could see them playing Yohan Moncada today and then the rest of the week is 
they're showcasing him, but I'm also thinking, like, who the fuck is coming to pick a man with a bad back who doesn't hit home runs anymore? That would be the only thing that I would say, hey, I get it, White Sox. But otherwise, I think, like Sean, it is a dumb move for the White Sox to put him out there, and I don't care if the player, and if he says he's ready, hey, man, we're 20 games below 500. I appreciate you, the follow-up question you asked Pedro right there, but it doesn't matter anymore. This man will be on the team next year. We need to get him the proper rest to be the best player he can be next year because this year is cashed, and I don't necessarily want to see Zach Rimland. He's 30 years old. He's not the future. You're making a lifetime movie out of him. I am, but I don't care about the movie after this point. It's already over. He had his first home run already, so we've curtains on that movie already. Um, but Damn. this is the only thing. that I mean, it's not – and I'm not saying this to you, Vinny. It's you know just me uh, extemporaneously uh, ranting. The White Sox medical staff, the White Sox training staff, they haven't had a track record as of recent that you can trust them. So I'm going to say whatever they say, I'm going to go the opposite because what what the players have been has been oft injured. They've been injured all the time, and we talked about this all the time. They just play injured all the time instead of getting healthy, then playing out of that. It's a novel concept I just made up. So I wish the training staff was listening and or watching and, you know, employ some of that. It's like, hey, you know what? You're injured. Sit your ass on the bench for three to four weeks and get better, and then we'll play you. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I would, I don't know if I'd, like, I don't get the point of testing a guy who's, like, he probably started the rehab assignment still at 60%. Like, shouldn't you have a rehab assignment when you're closer to 90 or 95% or, like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't understand the timeline. I'm not a doctor. And you're never going to get there? Keep on the I.O. Yeah. I shouldn't. That's what I would say. I shouldn't speak out of turn. I'm not a doctor. Um, anyways. Uh, we got to get one of these again. And that's why the frustration comes from. We've been to the pinnacle. And so the man promised us one of these, and we keep on seeing this damn team, this, this garbage-ass team. And so frustration comes out. That's where my frustration comes from. Rick Hahn speaking out of turn, from Pedro speaking out of turn, all puffy-chested, thinking they're going to change the world, and now we're 20 games below 500, and I don't see Rick Hahn speaking. I don't see Pedro uh, doing the things that he said he was going to do. This is team is just a total disaster, and I want heads to roll, and I know that's not going to happen, so I'm going to rent on the podcast that I happen to be employed on. Hey, amen. That's, what, that's why I got the platform. Her. Um I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we do have a couple super chats and a poll to get to. Um, is there any other news or notes that we missed? And we, we mentioned the Alloy and Vaughn stuff. We, we've talked. Oh, I guess Jake Berger. Jake Berger was fine. Jake Berger was not noticeable at second base, not which at I think is a great endorsement for Jake Berger playing second base. The man went from maybe he will never play third base again <laughs> to now he is so good at third base that we could play him at second base without even hesitation. Baseman. His bat's so good, he's got 21 homers. Let's go see what he does. And he was fine. Uh, did Pedro praise him at second? Did he just he's too pissed off at the game? No, he praised him. He, okay. he he did a good job. We talked to Jake after the game too, and he basically said that you know the baseball gods must have known he was playing there tonight because he got what he got like ten grounders his he way, did. I think. But um, but yeah, I mean he looked good on that double play. He didn't you know make the flip, which I think might be a little bit harder than making the turn. But uh, you know he he. He, he was happy with that, and he had the one-line drive go off his glove. Um, so, you know, it wasn't perfect, but uh, he looked good. And I think that's probably the uh, summation of his defensive year altogether, uh, be it at third base, second base, first base. Uh, it, it hasn't been, you know, gold glove caliber. Hasn't been what you would expect from Yohan Moncada over at third base. 
but it hasn't been what we expected from Jake Berger as mm-hmm. early or as recently as April or May of this very season. So um, I think he's been good at third base. I think he looked good tonight at second base, and it seems like he's going to get some more opportunity there because, like <laughs> like Pedro said, it's about getting the bats in the lineup. And Jake Berger's got the bat at second base. Yoan's got the bat supposedly at third base. So there you go. I know you're working on another piece uh, about this conundrum for the Sox, um, about second base and Jake Berger moving over to second base, and people should check out all CHGO tomorrow um, when you do post that. But there was a question asked to Moncada himself about moving to second base. How much should people read into that? Because I, I think Moncada, especially being in the spot where he is, having the contract he is, it seemed to me, hey, I'm going to be agreeable. I know I'm not in the best spot with my performance, my health. If the White Sox ask me to do something, I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, we can only we can only go by what he said, and he gave the answer that everybody should want to hear, which is I'll do whatever they tell me to. Um, the more interesting answer is from Pedro Grafol, who said, who was asked the same question: Can Moncada be moved over back to second base because it might be a way to solve a puzzle at some point? And he basically said. Yeah, maybe, just not now, and cited the back injury and the fact that there's a lot that you have to do and be able to move and rotate and stuff over at second base. They're not going to put him there now. In fact, he said nobody's been thinking about it or or anything like that. But from a team that has been asked this before, certainly Rick Hahn's been asked this question before, um, you know, that had really seemed to kind of shut that idea down just because mostly of how good Yoan Moncada is at playing third base. Um, but now all of a sudden you've got part of the decision-making group in Pedro Grafol saying, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he could go back over there. And, and um, I think that that opens the door to some possibilities. You know, he, he used the phrase, not going to take anything off the table. And certainly Rakan has used those kind of phrases before, never say never and all of that. But Maybe that is a way that they can solve a problem. Now, I would just, I, I mostly bring it up because people are always suggesting it in, in our comments and, and on social media, you know, that that might be a way that they can make this work or make something work. You know, if there's a, a, a free agent third baseman out there or a big bat who can play third base available in a trade, that might be a way that they can make that work. So we'll see what happens. And that might change kind of some of our conversations during the offseason uh, about, what, about what could happen. I'll end the conversation here. What is it? July 25th? You're 2024. Starting third baseman for the Chicago White Sox. There we go. Has an OPS of 1226 right now and advanced day. Colson Montgomery, come on down. That's enough. That's enough. Sorry, I'm being better. The last thing I got for you, Vinny, is, you know, we've seen Cubs and Sox series where both teams sucked. And just watching on TV, the atmosphere seemed down, seemed lackluster. Even when the Cubs got runs, it didn't even seem like, you know, the fans were, like, extra, like they usually are. But you've been to a couple of these. What do you see of the atmosphere today at Guaranteed Rate? I mean, you probably liked it if you were a Cub fan. (laughs) There were a lot of Cub fans here tonight. Uh, They said it was a sellout. They said it was 37,000-plus in terms of tickets sold. So, um, but listen, they were down pretty early the White Sox were they were getting perfect gamed for a while there uh, I don't uh, I don't blame uh, Sox fans for not uh, you know getting up and, and and getting excited with with the results being what they were um, there were a lot of people here tonight certainly so uh, you know that's something to say you remember it is Tuesday 
Uh, it's not your usual weekend crosstown as we've had in, in, in years past, but um, better atmosphere than the year where uh, there were no fans in the stands. So that's certainly something to say as well. But no, I'm, I'm kidding around. No, it was, listen, there, there were a lot of Cub fans <laughs> here tonight and, and there were, and their team played well. And so when the Cubs did something, there were a lot of cheers and there were a lot of White Sox fans booing down Let's Go Cubbies chants throughout the evening. All right. Amen. Um, that's the deck. That's that's life. That's nature healing itself. Uh, final super chats. Uh, and two, if you do guys want to, if you guys want to join us for any event uh, coming up, why not join us for the CHGO Kickoff Classic at Cock Hill, August twenty fifth, nine a.m. Uh, your ticket includes eighteen holes with a cart, exclusive CHGO pins and aces polo for all players. We'll also have hole contests, giveaway prizes, lunch, drinks, and ceremony after the round. And diehards do get a twenty percent discount. So go to allchgo.com if you do want to become a uh, member, uh, or if you do want to become a, a diehard and get your uh, discount to uh, allchgo.com. Uh, members, when you do sign up, you get premium written content at allchgo.com. I know uh, Adam Hogue has a piece up for uh, for diehards right now. Uh, dope merch for all teams. You get some free shirt. You get a free shirt when you become a member, uh, and you get access to our member-only Discord called the CHGO Lounge. And through uh, 7.30, uh, right now we've got five days, uh, the CHGO Locker Summer Sale is going on, so you can get this shirt uh, marked down uh, up to 50% off select items through 7:30. So go check out our summer sale and check out the apparel that's up to 50% off on our site. I know there's a couple socks ones that are up there. I got two. I got the um, brick by brick, the Greg Bragg shirt, and then I got another one. I forgot which one it was, but uh, the CHGO script one is in there for a discounted price too. This one so was that Southside bias one. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna get up. Uh, anyways. Uh, our CHGO Crosstown Classic coverage is presented by Hooters, too. Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. Step it to our plate for world-famous wings, delicious seafood, snacks, sandwiches, salads, great drink specials, and more. At Hooters, it's always easy to pick a winner. 11 Chicagoland locations. Hit Herb up on uh, X uh, to get the best one. Visit OriginalHooters.com for more info. Uh, thank you, Vinny, for your work. Uh, make sure you check him out at AllCHGO.com. He does have an article up, uh, and we do uh, appreciate Vinny writing that. And he'll have another one up, I think, in the morning. If I, if I super chats. Uh, <laughs> and we do have some super chats, too. Uh, shout out to Ellie, who's yelling at his TV uh, over in Israel. Uh, Matthew, thank you for your first super chat. Uh, you said I don't have to read it so god bless uh and also shout out to your guy uh victor von doom uh for the dollar super chat he was wondering about jonathan india coming over the socks maybe we'll talk about that on uh thursday at the uh, national sports convention out in rosemont uh, but then maddie said too uh there was a reason liam mentioned they needed an authoritative figure from a fan standpoint pedro doesn't seem like that dude at all um yeah i, I agree with that I, I have thought about that quote a little bit about the authoritarian one I don't know if I really buy into that. That's just one of the 26 that is saying that. Um, but I do think that Pedro, again, in the, the clip that we put up on YouTube and that you posted on Twitter, he kind of said, you know, we're having these discussions behind the scenes. And it doesn't seem like he wants to throw anyone under the bus. Again, he is trying to be a very supportive mm -hmm. manager, which is good. But I don't think it's the exact push that Liam was kind of speaking to. I do think that he is someone that is more of, I'm going to be your number one hype man each and every day because we have to believe in each other in this clubhouse. I don't think that's a bad way to go, but I think at least to Liam's quote, um, it, it is a different approach. Yeah, he's wading through the waters of how he can be a manager. This year, he's mostly a player's manager, and that's you know what you need to be initially to establish yourself, but hopefully he gets a little bit underneath them and says, you know what? I don't need to necessarily need to be the player's manager. I can sometimes drop the hammer and then sometimes, you know, tell the person, hey, I got your back when I go to the media and talk to him. So I see him right now as a guy that is protecting his players, which 
they probably enjoy. But sometimes these players are not playing with the passion and or uh, energy that this team should be playing with. And so uh, I need him to come out like he did versus Robert when he did those more times more often because there's been more times where guys have been lollygagging today in today's game and throughout the season. So drop that hammer next year, Pedro, if you're here. We'll see. Uh, thank you to Vinny Duber for joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow him on Twitter or X at Vinny Duber. Um, <laughs> it hasn't changed yet. He'll be posted. Uh, on, I mean, my, on my app, it's still Twitter. Uh, I mean, hey, you got, you got, you got the logo oh, over you here. you got an X on yeah, your when thing. You, when you sign on, there's a quick X on there now. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Follow Herb on X at Ecknerwall23. Uh, we'll be obviously at the game tomorrow, so you can see us updating uh, from at CHG underscore White Sox. Vinny will be at the game, too, but he'll be doing his job. So if you want any updates, uh, follow Vinny. He'll be more reliable than us. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter or X at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us in the chat and for giving these super chats. Make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button on your way out. We still got 100 people watching. Uh, and even though there's been, uh, what, 62 losses in this 102 game season so far, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. No, we'll talk to you Thursday at 12 Twice. in Rosemont. Bye.